0: Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's Housing Wire Daily interview features a crossover episode from Housing Wire's housing news podcast. In this episode, Housing Wire editor in Chief Sarah Wheeler interviews USMI President Lindsey Johnson about the unique challenges facing mortgage insurers and whether or not Biden's proposed first-time homebuyer tax credit could change the need for private mortgage insurance. But, before we listen, here's a word on the real trending podcast. The Real Trending Podcast interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts share their success secrets, trends, and lessons learned navigating this ever-changing industry. To listen, please subscribe on iTunes,
1: Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more welcome everyone this is sarah wheeler editor-in-chief at housing wire with the latest episode of our housing news podcast i'm so excited to introduce our guest today lindsey johnson the president of u.s mortgage insurers usmi is the nation's leading private mortgage insurance association comprised of five of the six u.s mortgage insurance companies in the country As president of USMI, Lindsay works with member companies to advance the value of private mortgage insurance to borrowers and taxpayers and to promote a sustainable housing finance system backed by private capital. Lindsay previously served as a director on PWC's public policy team, and prior to joining PWC, Lindsay was a former member of the Senate Banking Committee staff as the Republican staff director for the Senate Banking Committee's National Security and International Trade and Finance Subcommittee, and as a senior policy advisor to Senator Mark Kirk, focusing on noteworthy banking, housing finance reform, and insurance legislation. Lindsay also served as director of the Federal Home Loan Bank of Atlanta for seven years, representing the bank in D.C. at the highest levels of government during several key legislative reforms, including the Housing and Economic Recovery Act of 2008 and the Dodd-Frank Act. So clearly, we have an incredible guest today. Lindsay, welcome to the program.
2: Sarah, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and your listeners.
1: Uh, We're so excited, especially during this time. Wow, what a time. I mean, come off the pandemic, uh, Joe Biden's administration has hit the ground running. So we're going to get into some of that. But uh, first, you know, the first question we always ask our guests is how they got into the industry, because no two stories are ever the same. And so we'd love to know how you got here.
2: You know, look, almost anyone you talk to in the mortgage industry is going to have some kind of very circuitous route that they got to where they are. Very few people charted a path where they might actually land in mortgage finance in a position they thought they would be in. I've listened to other Housing Wire episodes, and I always find it so interesting, the different trajectories where somebody said I was planning to do something completely different and landed in this great place. And my story is similar. I mean, very circuitous route. Um, I was really fortunate to test out a wide array of things in finance and in policy, and really those things shaped who I am and my career experience. I I began my career starting uh, working with a former House Republican Conference Chair, J.C. Watts, in the private sector, and I got a taste in a number of different policy issues, and really quickly realized that you know I wanted to focus exclusively on financial services and financial services policy. I then spent time working with the Federal Bank of Atlanta, as you mentioned. Um, and what an interesting time for the federal loan bank and for the federal loan bank system working through the financial crisis and through some of the very, you know, incredibly important legislative efforts such as the Housing and Economic Recovery Act and Dodd-Frank, and if you are in financial services and particularly in the area of housing and policy, I really find it hard to think that you could not have been changed and shaped by the experience that you went through and that we all learned coming through the financial crisis. So that was just a Tremendous financial uh, or professional experience uh, that we all went through. You know, coming through the crisis, I at the same time decided I wanted a deeper understanding of those finance issues we were working on. So I pursued my my MBA in finance at night while I worked full time at the bank. Um, and I then I always joke that. You know, I had an opportunity to take a pay cut, so I went to the Hill (laughs) and um, just had a tremendous experience there as well, working on housing finance legislation, on terrorism insurance, just a number of different issues uh, that, again, just really gave me a much broader and deeper understanding of policy and how policy has such a direct impact on, you know, consumers and on our ability as an industry to do what we do. So if I'm talking to younger people, I always just constantly remind them and I encourage, you know, anyone to have an idea of what you want to do, study, learn, work hard to do it, but then always be open to new and bigger things.
1: Well, exactly. Like when when you were ten, you weren't like mortgage insurance. Yes, I'm going to do yeah. that. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> incredible career. Um, you know, you've just been right in the thick of things through some of the really most important times. So great to talk to you. So let's get to it. You know, mortgage insurance plays a critical role in the mortgage ecosystem, even in normal times. But Clearly, these have not been normal times, right? So what have been the unique challenges of fulfilling that role this year, and I would say over the last year, and how have private mortgage
2: insurers met those challenges? Well, you're absolutely right. The past year has indeed been very challenging. Um, thankfully, the private mortgage insurance industry entered the crisis from a position of strength, mostly due to, you know, a number of the reforms that it underwent since the 2008 financial crisis. In fact, you know, 2020 was a record-setting year for the MI industry. We helped over 2 million borrowers secure home financing. That's a 53% increase from the previous year. We supported $600 billion in mortgage origination, so really just a tremendous year And of that volume, about 65% was new purchase volume, 35% was refinance loans, and that resulted in about $1.3 trillion in outstanding mortgages with private mortgage insurance coverage at the year's end. So again, just a booming year for, um, for the mortgage market generally, definitely for the private mortgage insurance industry. And obviously, you know, a lot of that growth are due to those factors that we're we're pretty familiar with, which is more first-time homebuyers coming into the market with good credit. You know, we saw about 2.4, almost 2.4 million first-time home buyers coming into the market, which is, you know, a record-setting year. And there's been so much discussion about millennials and the housing market. But what I would reiterate is the size of this generation. And yes. They are waiting a little bit longer and in some cases they're you know putting other priorities before home ownership. But this has really helped a lot of those borrowers be more ready for home ownership as these opportunities come up. They're the most educated generation we have seen, and they're really um, coming into this market with, with a lot of force. And conventional loans backed by Private MI is a great fit for them because as I mentioned before, they they are they have good and decent credit, and they may just not be able to put that full 20% down. Second, interest rates, historic lows, and we've there's been so much conversation about this and what the future might bring, but this obviously helped fuel such a you know market momentum through 2020, both for the purchase and the refinance markets. In terms of how the industry met the challenges presented by COVID-19, you know, we worked very closely with federal policymakers and industry groups with consumer organizations to support homeowners who were experiencing hardship in the wake of the pandemic, and mortgage insurers have routinely had to update their guides and their processes to align them with the GSE's policies to implement that nationwide forbearance programs. In fact, as mentioned, one element of the industry's success and their ability to scale up for that record volume was that transformation that they underwent th- since the 2008 financial crisis, where they really developed in this to into sophisticated active managers of mortgage credit risk. That allowed the industry to enter the COVID-19 crisis with a tremendous amount of financial strength. The industry is currently well-capitalized, holding more than $6.3 billion in excess of what's referred to as a private mortgage insurance eligibility requirements, or PMIRS. These are just our capital requirements that are set by the GSEs and FHFA And that's a sufficiency ratio. That's a ratio above what's required of about 149%. So in the beginning of the crisis, you know, no one knew what was going to happen, right? We were all looking and kind of staring into the abyss. And the industry really began to prepare itself for what might be ahead by raising more capital, even though they entered into the crisis from a very strong capital position. So in the beginning of the crisis, You know, obviously no one knew what was going to happen. We had no idea how long this was going to last and the different forbearance programs were still being thought of. So the industry really began to prepare itself for what might be ahead by raising more capital, even though they entered the crisis from a a very strong capital position. An important point is that during any market crisis, there's going to be disruptions in different markets. So at some points, it's going to be easier to raise debt or equity, depending on where the markets are. But as entities who are designed to be available to take mortgage credit risk through all cycles, all USMI members were able to go out and raise capital and debt in the debt and equity markets uh, throughout 2020 in order to scale up and meet that increased volume. And as a result, the capital markets increased confidence in the MI industry, which furthered the ability of our members to pursue new business and support lenders and borrowers during that current market. Another key development over the past several years has been the industry's programmatic use of credit risk transfer or CRT transactions in order to access global capital and reinsurance markets. Since 2015, the industry issued 35 insurance leak note deals uh, transferring about 14.3 billion of risk on nearly 1.4 trillion of insurance in force. They also went out and executed 29 reinsurance deals since 2015, transferring almost $34 billion of risk on approximately $700 billion of insurance in force. To
0: listen to the full episode, please head over to the Housing News Podcast, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Elcina Lloyd, the Housing News podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. That's a wrap for today's episode of Housing Wire Daily. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts,
1: and join us again tomorrow.